What do you love to do? Can you remember the last time you had a hobby that didn't involve an ulterior motive, that didn't involve money or hustle culture, and that made you feel maybe a little bit vulnerable and afraid to be judged? I want to hear about that story. We all have something that gives us passion, and it's my goal to re-inspire you to find the joy in your life by talking with other people about the things that make them happiest. I'm Megan Bream. This is Anything But Beige. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. And this episode is a little different format wise because I forgot to ask Dr. Cox to do an intro. So um, that's why this sounds a little strange. My fault, totally. But uh, this is going to be a very cool interview and I hope that you enjoy it too. I am talking with Dr. Sarita Cox all about like, I don't even know where to start all about source and the inner self and how to find peace inside. And just, I, it was such an inspirational, beautiful conversation. And I hope you love it too. Um, please check her out. She has so many cool tools and guides and take her quiz on her website. It's all linked in the show notes. So please definitely check out my guest, Dr. Sarita Cox, and uh, prepare to have your mind blown. I am here with Dr. Sarita Cox, and utilizing vitalistic and nature cure principles, Dr. Cox provides diet, nutrition, lifestyle prescriptions that achieve optimum wellness, and break cycles of disease through traditional medicines, elemental, and seasonal wellness practices. Dr. Cox has been in clinic practice as a naturopathic doctor and licensed acupuncturist for 17 years and element wisdom cards are her inspirational clinic pearls of affirmation and seasonal self-care to rewild yourself back to source i love that that is so beautiful so this is one of my favorite interviews already (laughs) i want to know how do you find this path? How do you get started in this kind of journey? So I got started in this journey in my 20s. I've always sought transformation. Mm. And in my 20s, I didn't really know what my purpose in life was, which is completely valid. I mean, who at 20 really is in tune with that? Some people, but I wasn't. So I sought conventional medicine to try to help my mind, body, spirit, find more wholesomeness and more happiness, honestly. Um, I was in a little, you know, family dynamic patterns and um, self-destructive habits in my exploration. And what um, conventional medicine offered me was antidepressants. And even though I tried those, and talk therapy, and even though I tried those, it didn't seem to change the discontent in the in the deep underlying causes. So while I was still in school, and that's how I'd gotten turned on to therapy as a student health clinic, and um, I actually reached out to the greater community in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and I found a Jungian therapist. So I started in my you know, late teens with a dream, somebody that really understood dream work. And that really started opening different doors that kind of allowed gentle self-inquiry 
and awareness that I wasn't getting really supported in, in my culture and the culture of um, conventional medicine. And believe me, I'm a big fan of conventional medicine. They've saved my life with a cut surgery and I really respect specialists and family care docs and I really serve with integration because the truth is integration is always the truth and separation is always the untruth. And so my health care journey started with kind of working in separation but finding integration. So time goes on and I graduate from college, I go to beautiful Colorado and spend some time with that magnificent Rocky Mountain culture. And again, I just found myself not having purpose, having fun, having a lot of fun expanding my mind, enjoying the back countries, but I wasn't getting that purpose met in my life. And I'm just fortunate that I know at this point in my life, and even then I was seeking how do I serve? I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm really a, a, a servant to the heart and to purpose and humanity. And so that took me on a journey to way before the internet was really up and popping. I used a book called Peterson's Guide to Graduate and Professional Schools. And because of my positive experiences with diet helping my mind, body, spirit, with homeopathy helping my mind, body, spirit, with dream work, I found a program in um, the Northwest, two schools I was interested in, one in Seattle, one in Portland, that um, was uh, never heard of it. They're called naturopathic doctors. And you could do a medical program that focused on diet, lifestyle, counseling, physical medicine, botanical medicine, and you still got the basic science of conventional medicine, pharmacy, biochemistry, anatomy. and when I entered that program, all naturopathic programs require one year of a traditional medicine, what I call wisdom medicines now, and that one was Chinese medicine for me. I had an incredibly inspiring teacher, a really close-knit cohort of 17 other um, people that had come to school with purpose. They didn't just end up in school, they were seeking something. So that was the kind of poetry and romance that was missing from the Western medicine vitalistic tradition that the naturopaths were offering. So that's kind of how I found it. And really I, I have, I deeply trusted because I've seen the transformations happen in myself and I see the transformations happen in the people that want transformation in their life. It's a slow medicine journey though. These changes in these habits we don't wake up, now we can have spontaneous awakenings, for sure, but most of us get the transformation by discipline and surrender to find that flow. So sorry about that. And I don't even know how to turn no it off. No worries, do you wanna get it? No, I don't wanna get it. Okay. Somebody, <laughs> our message though. Fair enough. So I think that, your journey is beautiful and hearing about Jungian, I was, that was my huge getting into psychology. It was Jungian psychology and the thought of dream analysis, but at, not as a, like a parlor trick for lack of it, but more of like as a journey and creating a path with that. And, you know, 
I love that you gave, for lack of a better phrase, like the traditional stance a go, and it just it wasn't solving your issues. And I, I'm the same way. I had um, I've been on Wellbutrin. I've been on you know uh, yeah. antidepressant. You know, like and my my own like finding my way in to my better self, I guess, is That's a beautiful word. Thank you. Is talking about it, but also like journaling and really trying to seek inside of me what is who Megan is. You know, this that sounds very, I guess, high level, but um what I'm really interested in is hearing about the elemental wisdom and especially seasonality and I know that you feel like there's different changes and things. And so I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about how people get started in this journey too. So my mind's all over the place. So feel free to, <laughs> I'm so intrigued. So feel free. What I want to reflect to you is really that wisdom really, really does come from within. And a lot of us are in, um, desperate or, suffering and so there is a lot of reaching and trying and clinging to things that we think are gonna give us insight about ourselves. but the truth is we know everything and not in a pompous way but the the issue is we're so overstimulated and that creates a scattering of our spirit and really the practices that i have found which i call rewilding ourselves are taking us away from the overstimulation. Most of us can't just pack up and do the Appalachian Trail, or we can't just, you know, pop out for three months and go to India. Although these are wonderful things and we should we should make goals and find they will find us when we start doing this journey. But the the truth is, Megan, it is in here. And that's why awareness practices always work. And what I would say is there's a lot of that out there, too. There's a lot of ways to get into groups. And what I have found to be true is any self-awareness practices that focuses on three things. One is awareness of your body sensations, the breath, which always takes us home. It's from birth to death. And if we focus on the breath, it concentrates our mind so that we can go deeper into sensation, which is always about our relationship meeting the external world. So we have maladies and we have triggers, but we often think they're coming from out there. But the truth is they're deep within us and we're reacting to those sensation. So breath, sensation, and loving kindness or gratitude I think any practice that brings that trinity together is always going to lead us back toward ourself, which is universal and wise. I've been very fortunate to explore medicines, which I would say are closer to source. What we've done in Western medicine, which has its, its respect, it has my respect and it has invaluable place in our society. However, what it has done is reduced us. It has taken the cosmology of us finding ourselves within the greater, and it has taken us into teeny tiny parts. And we, we're just starting to kind of get so small that we're going to see the universe explode with like, you know, D 
DNA replications in the atom, this is solar system, but we're not quite there. We're still treating orthopedics as the, as the arms and another orthopedic group for our lower bodies and cardiologist for our heart and gastroenterologist for our intestines. And we're, we're losing sight of the big picture. So in these more traditional cultures of medicine that have thousands of years of consistency, we find that they're not as far away from source. Typically, they move from source to elements, to patterns of elemental um, speak, so that we can find our unique patterns through the elements like fire, water, metal, earth, and wood, or whatever that tradition's um, particular constellation is to help us move back towards source, but they haven't gone as far away. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And um, I would love, if you don't mind, to explain to the listeners, if they're not aware, what's what you consider source to be. Yeah, so source is that thing that we cannot name. The thing that happens, we get there by doing nothing. It is the alpha and the omega. It is it is that which has no end. Some people call it the great spirit. Some people call it God. Some people call it Allah. Some people call it, you know, the divine breath. Some people are so sacred with the word they can't even speak the name. So we don't even have, we, we, we script it in a way that we never speak it. It could be the, it is that thing that we saw in the prophets. We see it in Muhammad. We see it in Jesus Christ. We, they are full of that, the, the, the Gnostics and the people, saints and poets and people that touch the muse of life. So I don't know what we call it. We, that's, our, that's, our, that's okay. Whatever we call it is okay. But the golden rules are all the same. And love is really probably that which ties it all together. And all the noble qualities that come out of us loving ourselves and truly finding love and compassion for other people. So let's talk about the elemental part of it and how we're able to, like, uh, for those listening, you know, Sarita has a beautiful scape going on with, you know, feather earrings for air and the wood behind you and the flowers. It's just, it's a beautiful, and I can feel I can feel the lightness that comes from that. And how do you recommend, so let's say I am, I, I'm, I suffer from depression or I suffer from some sort of um, illness, whether mental or physical or emotional, what have you. And, you know, traditional medica- medications or what have you is just, it's not working and it's not helping. And I'm desperate, like, where do I start? How do I start getting involved in this? Yeah, I think the easiest place to start is wherever we are. So what I mean by that are the basics. We eat three times a day or four times a day or two times a day. But everything that we're putting in our mouth, everything we're putting on our skin has a effect on us. So I think the basics, the 
regulating our sleep patterns, trying to find a rhythm so we're going to bed at a time energetically when the, the, there's a quiescence and we're active in the world when there's a brightness. So basic things, Megan, learn how to sleep again. Learn how to eat whole foods that are alive. We are what we eat. And we have such beautiful opportunity with seasonal foods, but we have to get to the farmer's market and support that local community. Or we can now order things in from HelloFresh or not an endorsement, but whoever, Purple Carrot, you know, things that show up at our door if we don't have other resources. But if we want to be fully alive and we want to have the energy to make transformations, we start wherever we are. So clean and pure water, good food, good sleeping patterns. And then I really say start now, whatever season you're in. Open your eyes and look around you. And that's what the clinical pearls that we've broken down into five seasons work with, is we don't need, we may need, pro, we may need protocol medicine and we may need a practitioner to help us, guide us. We may need a health coach. We may need an inspiring yoga teacher or Zumba teacher. But it really the journey is with us and it's about every day. And we're gonna, we're gonna fall off the merry-go-round is just getting back on it. And then loving ourselves when we, when we eat the Oreos and we know that, you know, making a chocolate smoothie has much more nutrients for, for us. But how to love ourselves in the transformation. So start, start with whatever's around you. Start with the basics. And I also really recommend people unplugging from technology at sunset. We are so driven. Our emotions, our habits, we're so driven by whatever the news is telling us. And it's very hard if we're constantly plugged into that to settle. So I really recommend for most people, most of us can stop at sunset. And then we can unplug from that and we can start relaxing and we can do some of these self-care habits. And um, I, I recommend 10 minutes of, of centering prayer or meditation or creative visualizations or journaling. If we can do that upon going to bed and upon waking up, we all have a better day. Hey guys, at the end of every month, I'm planning to do a Q&A special answering all of your questions, either about what we just talked about or anything in between. I'm happy to hear back from you and help you out if I can. If you could do me a favor and go to thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan, you can leave your comment or your question. I'll be able to answer it on the next Q&A episode. Again, the address is thebeigehouse.com slash askmegan. Askmegan is all one word. Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing from you. So the basics. That's beautiful. And I love that you're, you're emphasizing, like, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It doesn't have to be, you're wearing linen pants all the time and you're sitting on lotus flowers. And like, it, it's just about finding something small to cling to and then growing from that. Would you agree? I, I completely agree. And I think there are times for the other stuff. You know, and I think it will, if we're doing the discipline stuff, the daily stuff, then I think the other things show up for us. 
and then we're like, yes, I want to do that weekend retreat. I want to do a, a Zoom women's group. I think all that stuff, we're more, we're readying ourselves for that when we do our, but we also can get distracted and believe the answers are out there if we're not doing the daily inter, inner work. I think that's so true, especially, you know, if you are a seeker, you think like it's, it's got, there's the answer out there when it's, it's cliche, I guess, but like, it's been here the whole time. Yes, it is. You've, you've been Dorothy the whole time, just in your house. (laughs) Fall, we're in the throes of fall and I want to talk about what you see like how we can utilize the energy of the seasons and like what do you recommend people do to just utilize everything available to them? Mm-hmm. So the, I was just speaking with you before the podcast and I was sharing with you that the element wisdom cards that we created have been in real time. So I wrote these, basically they're clinical pearls. They are things that I say to my patients season after season, season after season. And the first one, the one that comes to my mind now is you are your most valuable asset. So in the Chinese medicine system, fall or autumn correlates to the metal season. And that's the ruled by the lung and the large intestine. And the lung has a lot to do with... um, our heavenly judgment and also the large intestine has everything to do with letting go of things that no longer serve us. And so one of the things we can start letting go of is, is judgment from others that, that don't, that don't serve us anymore or never did. But what we can start honoring is that we are our most valuable asset. So metal is a season of like the shiny, like if you think about, metal it's what we use for coins and value it's also magnetic and um things are the leaves are letting go things are there's a downward motion that's happening in fall we've had the the zenith and the life in full bloom of summer and then we're the next season the next full season is that downward motion and a lot of people can go into a depression over the holidays And so that's actually a natural time. We're preparing for winter, the water season, where we're basically completely unplugged. We're back at source. We're hibernating, if you will, in winter. So fall is a time that we can do that self-reflection in terms of um, the value of ourself, what we value, what we can let go of, It's also a great time to do a little fall cleanse. That's a time that we can really clean the colon because the energy is peaking there. For example, coffee is a great medicine. We all, especially in the Northwest, people really are all about their coffee, but we can overuse it. We can overstimulate with coffee. But it really has a strong affinity for the large intestine by purging it. And my teacher always taught me if we want to get a project done, use the coffee. But if we want to have a more thinking, ruminating way with a project, we use the green tea. 
So there are, there are these nuances that we learn in each season. Why is it that coffee, you know, what's that relationship with that food, that medicine? And the cards give us prompts all season long. So it also helps us see what's around us. And so the cards are also made to tie us into nature again. Um, so let me just pull a couple of cards. Um, I do also this, which is um, helping people understand the um, organic. I can't see it. The, it's too bright. Yeah, yeah so it's um, tap your large intestine channel. And we have a blog that helps people, like if they don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. But we have another one that's honor your grief. So we have a lot, that's the season of letting go. And we may have anniversaries in grieving. Because, you know, when we lose someone close, it doesn't happen all in that moment. And so I think that's also what really kind of brings us toward, like, holiday depressions is that not all of ours that have always been with us are no longer with us. And so we're grieving something. And so it's how do we honor that? Because the, the lung will hold unresolved grief. And so these are the types of things that, um, that we try to get our patients and our, our friends and loved ones to start looking at things that are happening energetically in season. Well, let's talk more about these actual cards. So yeah. how, did you, how did you start thinking? You said, you said they were um, they're your clinical pearls, but... Yeah. What made you decide that this is something that, you know, it can leave me and is better served out in the world? Like, what, what is the benefit of this? That's a great question. It's um, not what I expected. For years, I had been tracking that I was going to write a, a self-care book, 365 days of self-care. And the focus was going to be on self-love and self-care practices from basically the naturopathic tradition and get those out in a way that people could use them like a daily. And I actually joined a group of um, mostly naturopathic doctors in a, a small mastermind group. And because I work well with deadlines and accountability, I have a strong sense of duty, what that allowed me to do was stick to my goal. But I couldn't do this, write a book in 30 days, hire a coach, write a book in 60 days. It, I tried going down that path. It didn't work for me. And so what it allowed me to do was find what was within that I was trying to put in a form that wouldn't work for me. And so it just kind of came to me that, oh, I can break these down into quips, easy words, because right now our attention is so limited. But the cards just give a little sentence that you could use, like a tarot card or a, or a um, inspiration to give another friend. They're fine outside of themselves, but they also have so much depth if we want to dig a little deeper. And I liked that on the surface but really deep thing. And it allowed me to stay in a rhythm of staying with myself. I'm also a permaculture gardener. And so a lot of the inspirations have also come from gardening. And I would find I would have insights about my health when I'm out 
you know, picking the fruit or I'm mulching or I'm composting, and then those things I could incorporate. But it seemed very truthful for me to do it in the slow way. So it's taken me a year to write the cards. And I just feel like they represent more accurately than it would have been if it had been my memory of things or my imagining of things. So I literally looked around me and I said, oh, what's the saying? What is the message? What is the message that my patients keep repeating during the fall? You know, they're having grief or they're having bronchitis and respiratory issues. So whatever symptoms came up seasonally, I was able to kind of crystallize those during the, throughout the year. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, that's beautiful. And I love that you had said that, you know, this started as a book, but you kept getting blocked and maybe your journey was getting blocked by source or just this wasn't the right path for you. So in your experience, what are like the signs that someone should be realizing that they're not on the right path? Oh, that's a good one. I'm going to answer it the opposite first. Okay. I realize when I am on the path, doors open. The unexpected happens. The best things in my career have always happened not from my business plan, but because I had a business plan, because I had an aim, and I was working that discipline. But the opening, the ease and flow, like you meet the right people, you're at the right place at the right time, those are all signs to me that I'm spontaneity, you know, psychic messaging, like, oh, I'm thinking about some, I mean, I'm curious who called during the interview. It's like they needed that, right? I think things are a struggle. And I think it's projects like I have tried for years to write this book. And I think there's a piece of surrender. It's just like, it's not happening. I'm not happy when I do it. I'm not full of passion. It's rote. It's I dread it. So I think all the things that we connotate as negative are really just stop signs or yield signs or like detour signs, right? And I think they feel tacky and sticky and they weigh us down. And it's not just depression. It's just like we hit a, a block every single time. It might give us physical symptoms. It may be that literally every time we try to do this, we feel nauseous. Or, you know, we keep, I find that sometimes like I'm thinking of something and then I'll drop a glass or I'll almost cut myself because it's, it's got such the wrong energy for me. And then I start going, what was I thinking about when that happened? And then sometimes when I'm in the flow, it's like a glass can fall and I'll catch it. And I'm like, oh, what am I tracking right now? That's beautiful. I, I love the idea of tracking, too. Sorry? Oh, I, I love the I love tracking. I love the, the thought of, like, the, the, these things have vibrations and they, you know, make you pivot certain ways. So when, is, when do you recommend someone comes to you and what work do you think they should do before that? Mm, good question. The requirement that I really ask people to come with is when they're ready for the transformation. 
I will not allow people to book other people's appointments. Now occasionally, like if it's a mom from the UA and she's vetting me, I'll have a relationship, you know, I'll see a person once on telemedicine, but I don't call my patients and ask them to come in. I don't heavily recruit. I just think that I want somebody to be ready for transformation. And sometimes people will come, I'll meet them where they are. I will have them, we co-create a plan. I prompt, they create the plan. And they may come in once or twice and they may come back five years later because they weren't, they had a good experience, but they weren't ready for the transformation. They weren't ready for the work. And so I just ask people to be open-minded and be willing to transform because those are the people that I see that their lives and their diseases and their imbalances change. When people are somewhat committed, they somewhat change. When people are not committed, they don't change. So when people are ready to change, that's my favorite client to work with. What kind of expectations would a new patient of yours, like what's a reasonable expectation for them to have in this kind of journey? Mm. Gosh, that's a great question. Well, uh, let's, let's tackle it from, um, from like a, a mental okay. issue or then a physical issue if you want to. Sure. Um, I'm not big on expectation because I, I really take the approach of let's set you up to succeed. And so for me, small things that we can get victories on is the way to actually get to the big change that we want in our mental health. And so I really hope, I really encourage people to say, what is it? As small as it is or as large as it is, where do you want to go? But what can we commit to now and how many times a week? You know, I don't expect that everybody can come in and journal every day, but they may be able to journal once a week. And so I really ask us to almost lower our expectations to meet what we can realistically do. That's perfect. I'm a, Absolutely. I'm a realist. Mm -hmm. And what I do find with, with physical issues it's very hard for those to change without the mental, emotional, spiritual work. We can get change, but then the changes don't typically stay. For example, I use a book all the time with my patients that have pain in their back and their shoulders and their neck, and it's a posture book because I can help open the meridians. We can do cupping. We can do a lot of pain relief, but if it's not staying, they need to get some massage, they need to do some stretching, and they need to correct their posture. So there are many things that we can work on for change, but there's a whole body, spirit world within us that has to align to that too. So we can get 25% change with treatment, but we can probably get, you know, 50, 75, 80, 100% change with holism. I, it, I'm laughing because 
this conversation has just felt like it's aligned for me. Like October is my birth month. I love medals. I'm using a support posture corrector right now. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm going to give you a little tip. Yes, please. The number one book that I recommend for posture, and I don't have any affiliations, it's just a dang good book. It's called Eight Steps for a Pain-Free Back. Okay. And it's an acupuncturist that's written it, and she was raised in and has studied um, Aboriginal cultures mm -hmm. and the way they use their bodies. And for example, that lumbar support is not the best support. These chairs, I'm sitting in a chair actually, and I have another stool like this that makes you hold yourself up so there's no back, right? So we're not, we're not conforming a, 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 a curve by leaning on something. We're having to learn to strengthen our core, to straighten our spine, to give space in between those, to sit properly. So we have not been taught posture. As our parents, as well-meaning as they were, are like, hold your shoulders back. And maybe, if, and if you look, this is so interesting. In the book, she talks about the, um, like the Victorian postures. And they were very upright. You know, they had this kind of corseted, but we have a natural corset, but we don't use it. We don't know how to engage those muscles. And in the 20s, slouching became popular. In the 60s, that kind of hip thing, we're all kind of just like loosey-goosey, terrible for our bodies. And so I think we have a lot to look, learn when we actually look at traditional cultures that walk and move and work all day long and have very little musculoskeletal problems. And it's not simply because we're sedentary, which doesn't help anything, but it's because our alignment has never been brought into awareness. Or made a priority. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, especially during these times when we may have a little less external community and a little bit smaller um, world of relation, we, a lot of us have more time because we're not overstimulated so much in the external world going as much as we used to with, with Corona. Um, and these are times that we do have the opportunity to work on our posture and to work on our daily habits in a way that really hasn't been granted to us before, that hasn't been offered to us before. That's, it, this is just bringing up so many questions like, you know, COVID, who knows how this will end, when it will end. Like, do you have recommendations on how people can... I guess use this time in a, a way to find themselves, if that makes sense. Like, I think you said it. You said it. Use this time to educate, to be curious about how our innate immunity works. Do not accept a message that we are sick. We are resilient. We are healthy. We have to be precautious. We have to take caution. However, a lot of the COVID is media messaging. It's not focusing on who's healthy. In fact, what we did is quarantine the healthy people, separate everybody. Never before have we said, let's protect the vulnerable, the compromised. This is what we've always done, is we've protected the elderly, the immunocompromised. But now we're like, oh, healthy people don't go out. You know, just order everything in. 
So we're telling ourselves that we're a problem and that we're not healthy and we're not resilient, not to minimize the impact that this or pneumonia or vaccination side effects, not to minimize every single sickness and death and more as we're understanding it, systemic issues related to COVID. However, how do, how do we become curious about the wonder of how we do work and how do we, this is an amazing opportunity to evaluate what we're putting in our mouth. Do we really, if we have more time, do we really need to drive through or eat packaged foods? Not really. We have an opportunity to hit the reset button. And there are these daily basics that we can really concentrate on and our mantras of I am well, I am healthy, I am resilient, I am cautious, I am a miracle inside. And not to neglect the fact that we do need to care for our elderly, be extra cautious around people that are on immunosuppressive drugs. Um, of course, we need to be cautious and wise and smart, but we also need to empower ourselves to be the healthiest. There are so many protocols out there and natural support to boost our immune system. So many foods like vitamin D, vitamin K, which are fat soluble, and those are whole stories. This is not medical advice. Zinc, you know, these beautiful teas. Why aren't we drinking herbal teas every day? Right? I love, particularly in the summer, to encourage my patients to find a good fit for them and put it in the fridge. Because even though I can say don't drink, eat ice drinks because it hurts digestion, people are going to drink cool things more readily than they're going to give up ice completely. So can we find an herbal tea that's right for your constitution? Or if you're in great constitution, that's right for the season? and allow yourself to eat and drink medicine. I love eat and drink medicine. I think that's such a beautiful way of looking at it. And one of the, this is gonna seem like it's coming out from nowhere, but just one of the things that um, I keep thinking of when I'm listening to you is the power of internalizing um, your understanding and as you said, like one of the best ways that I have found is journaling. But I think that so many people I've seen so many people are just overwhelmed with a, what the hell do I say? Like they, they'd see this blank piece of paper or, you know, blank screen or what, however they're doing it. And they're, they're letting the process, or I guess they're letting the, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like they're letting the method get in the way of the solution. Do you have any recommendations on how to, break through that? It's going to sound boring, but um, the way that I find people can break through are um, sometimes it's meditation, sometimes it's movement. So sometimes the best thing to do is get out and have a run or do a yoga session and catch ourselves when we're on a high. Like when we have done something that has, you know, that has driven us down the, uh, the um, 
enkephalin pathway, the dopamine pathway, the oxytocin, ride the high and bring that energy of the positivity back toward us and channel that because we're all going to have ups and downs. And I find if we just stay with the block, then we start patterning that block. And then that's what our brain starts knowing. And so if we can break out, whether it be put on your favorite playlist and dance, and it may also be, you have to remember, we also are the company we keep. And so if we have a confidant or a group of people, we have to ask ourselves, which direction? Do I like the vibration? Do I like, what, do I want to become them? And so I think there's a lot, maybe have a positive conversation with a, you know, somebody that lifts you up. Maybe read a, a, a poetry or an inspirational daily. And as soon as you feel that brain changing, stop and go, oh, I feel fabulous. This is what it feels like. Take three breaths. Pattern on that. And then return to your, you know, your artist way page, page a day, whatever it is, but it may not be first thing in the morning for you. You may have to get out and, you know, take care of the kids' needs first and then paint your toenails and then do your page. But the, the form can get in the way because they're, pro, they're protocols and they work, but they're not individualized. And so how do we find our way within these fabulous designs people are offering us. Well, Dr. Cox, um, I, you're just blowing my mind. I have so many thoughts and things I want to say, but I, we're running out of time. So where can I send people to learn more about you and how can they reach out to you? Absolutely. Thank you for, for that um, opening. <laughs> I have um, a new website for the cards and it's called element-wisdom.com. We have our quiz on there, and we actually have a little telemedicine that we can get you a set of cards for your constitution or the season, and we can do a 15-minute. So we can help, even within these cards, we can help you find the uniqueness that is you about how to use the cards the best way for you. I also have a website, drsorrytoelizabeth.com, that's more about me um, and what I do here more locally and um, regionally. So we also can be found on social media. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Sarita Cox. Also um, Facebook at Alberta Orchard Wellness or Sarita Elizabeth Cox. Um, we also just joined WeMe, MeWe, WeMe. It's another platform that is um, less, um, it's a good one. It's positivity and it's not owned. So we're also there at Dr. Sarita Cox, MeWe.com. Fantastic. And I will link to all of those in the show notes, but Dr. Cox, thank you. So this has been so fantastic. And I, I've learned so much and I hope everyone else loves it as much as I do. This was a fantastic interview. Thank you, Megan. Hey, I'm glad to come back any other season. You want to talk about seasonal tips too. Absolutely. And we'll get some, we'll get some uh, listener questions for you too. Great. Thank you, Megan. Such a delight. Hey guys, Megan here. Before you go, I would love to ask a favor of you. It is so helpful 
to have reviews on new podcasts as it really helps iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all of those guys find out that you're really enjoying it and that they should show it to new people. So if you wouldn't mind just leaving a quick review about what you think about the podcast, I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much again. I'll talk to you next week.